Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. Today is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. This is edition number 42 of season eight as we continue looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith. My name is Pastor William Hill. I am the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church. Today we come to chapter or to paragraph number six of chapter seven as we finish now this discussion on the matters related to God's covenant with man. Let's pray and then we'll consider this final paragraph. Our Father in heaven, as we come again to your word and to study it, to understand it, as we come to matters given to us in the New Testament, we pray that you would instruct and guide us and help us, that we would see Christ in all of his glory as he is the substance of those things that the Old Testament spoke spoke about and pointed to. Uh, We pray that you would forgive us for our sins and you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that you would give us grace now by your Spirit. Teach us all things, we pray, for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, in yesterday's edition, we looked at the matters related to the Old Testament and how those things were administered by promises and prophecies, sacrifices, circumcision, the Paschal Lamb, and other types and ordinances delivered to the people of the Jews, but all of them for signifying Christ to come and how those things were indeed efficacious for the people of old. But now we come to the New Testament, um, the 27 books of our Bible, uh, beginning with Matthew, ending with Revelation, and we come to paragraph 6 as we see how this part of uh, God's uh, unfolding of the covenant of grace uh, benefits us as well, here living uh, post the coming of Christ and post the cross of Christ. And so we read there in paragraph 6, under the gospel, when Christ, the substance, was exhibited, the ordinances in which this covenant is dispensed are the preaching of the word and the administration of the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper, which, though fewer in number and administered with more simplicity and less outward glory, yet in them it is held forth in more fullness, evidence, and spiritual efficacy to all nations, both Jews and Gentiles, and is called the New Testament. There are not, therefore, two covenants of grace differing in substance, but one and the same under various dispensations, or various expressions, if you will. So let's look at a few of these phrases here given to us in this in this final paragraph of chapter 7. Under the gospel, of course, we're talking about now the entirety of the New Testament. Under the gospel, when Christ the substance was exhibited, the ordinance in which this covenant is dispensed of the preaching of the word and the administration of the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper. Two things to note here. First, as Christ has come, he is the substance. The confession, the paragraph makes it very clear that the substance of all that paragraph 5 spoke about is indeed Christ himself. And so Moses in Deuteronomy 18.15 told the people to, um, that there will be a prophet that would, like him that would come after him and they should listen to him. And so in some sense, Christ is the greater Moses. He is the one that Moses pictured for us. And now the substance, Christ, the Son of God, has entered our time and space and history uh, to accomplish the work of redeeming sinners. Everything that the Old Testament spoke about, the, pass, all the Passover lamb, the sacrificial system, all of the matters of the tabernacle, all the various ordinances, all of those types and shadows of the Old Testament now are find their realization in one single person, and that is the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the ordinances are dispensed in more simplicity in the New Testament. 
They're done so through the preaching of God's Word and through the sacraments of the New Testament, which there are only two, and that is baptism and, indeed, the Lord's Supper. And so the preaching of the Word is that which we have been commanded to do. Uh, The Apostle Paul exhorts that young minister, Timothy, uh, to preach the Word, to be ready in season and out of season. The Lord Jesus Christ exemplified preaching as he would go from town to town preaching the kingdom of heaven. The apostles throughout the book of Acts would preach Christ and Him crucified. Paul himself would do the same. And so preaching became the central thing, as we saw in type and shadow and and, and, in a prefiguring way in the through the lives of the prophets of the Old Testament, of which most of, the, most of the time they were forth-telling, not foretelling events. And that is what preaching is today. Preaching is proclaiming, thus saith the Lord to the people, it is the living voice of Christ to them. And that's why it's so vitally important when, when preaching occurs that Christ is preached, because He is the substance of everything that the Word of God says. But then we have these sacraments of baptism, the Lord's Supper. Baptism parallels, but improves improves upon circumcision. And as the paragraph says, this is given not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles, to all nations, everywhere. And so baptism is done, uh, boys and girls, adult converts, men and women, And, of course, we don't circumcise as the Old Testament was a bloody sacrifice. Christ is the final sacrifice. We need no other blood. We need no other atonement. And so water is used as as that which signifies cleansing and purification. And it's applied to infants of one or both believing parents. But it's also given uh, to adult converts. The Lord's Supper is that which uh, professing Christians enjoy. It is the, par- the We find the parallel in the Old Testament in the Passover, but it's much simpler. It is simply through that which Christ instituted in giving to us the bread and the wine, the bread representing the body of Christ, the wine representing his spilled blood for the remission of sin. All of these things were done in much more simplicity than in the Old Testament, but it doesn't diminish the glory and the work of them as they are given and rightly used. And so when preaching is accomplished correctly, as it's, as it's born out of the very Word of God, the Word of God, and, and it's done by an ordained minister of the gospel, that is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to his people, has great benefit. We should seize those things. We should listen attentively. Not like the people of old who did not listen to the preaching of the prophets. We must listen to the preaching of the full counsel of God into the minds and ears of of those who attend those services. But baptism and the Lord's Supper also are means of grace, and we must lay hold of them. Prepare each week for the Lord's Supper. If you do it weekly, if you do it monthly, well, prepare for it whenever it is you do it. But these things though lacking in their outward glory, they are more glorious. And indeed, as the confession says, um, they, uh, they hold forth more fullness, evidence, and spiritual efficacy to all people, not just the Jews, but to all nations. And so it is the unfolding now and fruition realized 
as we look into the New Testament. And so we see uh, in Scripture some of these matters related to, uh, um, uh, conveyed to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Preaching does indeed do something. And it is indeed that which rescues sinners. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 22 through 24. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels and festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So indeed, here we have how the writer to the Hebrews points out that this new covenant is better in the sense of its fullness and substance realized in Christ. It is not to diminish the old covenant. It is not to say that the old covenant has no benefit for us as we study it and we see the shadows and types and everything pointing us to Christ. But we see here in the New Testament, those things that were previously hidden are now revealed or manifested to us. And that, of course, is part and parcel of the new covenant that we find in Jeremiah 31, verses 33 and 34. So this paragraph concludes this chapter. It summarizes for us the covenant of works. It summarizes for us the covenant of grace and how it had a two-pronged attack, the old covenant um, and all the types and shadows that signified Christ to come and then the new covenant, the substance realized, uh, uh, better, better ordinances and preaching and prayer and the baptism and the Lord's Supper, these things, though simpler, are useful to the church today. And so we must take advantage of these things. We must not set them aside and long to go back to the old system, the old ways that were merely shadows. No, it's, uh, we want to live in the substance and the reality of the substance. Yesterday I gave an illustration about a shadow and your yard, a shadow of a tree, but you can't climb a shadow, but you can climb a tree. And as we see the substance, as we see Christ as the substance of all that the Old Testament said, we can trust him. We can, we can place our hope in him, for he is all that the scriptures speak, speak about and point us to. And as we read the word of God, whether the Old Testament or the New, may we see the covenant of grace and God's working to bring a people to himself, and he does that in the person of his dearly beloved son. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Wednesday edition, when we begin chapter 8 of Christ the Mediator, of course, chapter 7 sets us up now to see the substance. Christ the Mediator, Christ our Savior, as We will then look at just the first part of paragraph one in the Wednesday edition. And so until then, may the Lord richly bless you.